Hello, Internet. Wait, wait, wait. I thought we said we were going to do hi, Internet. Why would I say hi? I always say hello. I know, but this, is the, this isn't the show. This is a commercial for the show. I thought we said we were going to do it different. I always say hello, Rod. I, you, all right, fine. Say it whatever way you want to, Chris. It doesn't matter what I say anyway. Hello, Internet. You did. Fine. You got your hello in. And now I'm Rod Morgan. You can listen to us on Balls and Brew, where we'll argue about many things even more inane than what you just heard us argue about there. I promise. Right here on the Morgan Unit Podcast Network. Welcome to the Yeah We Know podcast, part of the Morgan You Know's podcasting network. You're in the ring with Jimmy and Rod. Rod, what are you hot about today? Oh, Jimmy, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I'm not even the least bit hot about anything. I'm excited. It is my favorite part of the week, getting to sit down with you, my guy, for all these years to chop up wrestling. Honestly, Jimmy, I couldn't be happier. This is, this is one of my favorite parts of the week. Let's go. We got lots of things we can discuss. We have a ton to discuss, and uh, something else that was supposed to be kind of a little sit-down, chat with some people, turned into a melee last week uh, for AEW, three letters that we don't say too often on the podcast because, well, we don't have a lot of time in our lives, but CM Punk, after a brutal match with John Moxley in which he won the AEW championship to become the undisputed championship at All Out, he sat down with Tony Khan and immediately went into a rants about Colt Cabana, which I don't even have the time to get in that with you, brother. Uh, Hangman Page, uh, the EVPs, the executive vice presidents, and even Tony Khan himself, he went off. Then they had a big brawl uh, in the back, led to suspensions, led to title vacancies. Rod, they were hot, weren't they? My goodness, they were. Here's the, Let me start with a, a quick question for you. If you are sure. Tony Khan sitting there, do you, I mean, you have to jump in and sort of try to cut him off at some point. Why was Tony Khan just sitting there? Let's just start there real quick. Well, I think you can see in his eye. He's very visual. His his eyes tell a lot, right? And he was processing everything. And my thoughts were, because we've had about a week now to kind of simmer down and figure this out. He was saying, if I step in now, it's going to get a lot worse. Just let him go. Just let him go, and we'll figure it out later. And I honestly think that was probably the right thing to do because if he would have said, no, 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 I'm in charge. you know, If he would have tried to do something like a Vince McMahon would have done maybe, uh, I think it would have gotten a lot worse, and it would have made the company look a little, a little worse than it is now. I know it's hard to th- say that, but I think that's what would happen. Okay, then I guess my other thought is uh, Cody Rhodes, I believe, maybe possibly warned us of this right like if you read between the lines when cody rhodes was leaving aew there just kind of was some undercurrents of okay this guy you're gonna you're gonna make this guy your champion are you sure you can count on this guy and now we see cm punk going in for business for himself but jimmy i, I don't know as much about cm punk as you but what i do sure. hear through the grapevines and the legendary status status he seems to have within much of wrestling twitter and the hardcore wrestling fans of which i think you are a bit more than i am i tend sure. to like the sports entertainment emphasis on the entertainment value for me you tend to like the wrestling a tad bit more i think at times so punk's gimmick of i'm so against power i'm so real i'm so raw right i just uh-huh. I, I don't know if he's living the gimmick too much or if in his mind he thinks he had some sort of end that he could work to and then this thing went off on the rails on him those are my two thoughts which of those do you think is closer to the truth Again, I don't know him. This is all speculation. We're not saying this is exactly what happened because we don't know him. But I think it was the the former. I think that he was just kind of thinks he's thinks one way, and this is what he needed to get off his chest. 
He obviously had that entire spiel planned out because no one even asked him a question. He just kind of sat down and started talking. So I think, yeah, he, he wanted to go out and he wanted to get this off his chest. I don't think he had a gimmick or a feud in mind while uh, stating this. MJF made a huge return after months away, and he just called him a prick and went on with, with his, his promo. So that was kind of more it. And what I'm looking at, again, from the outside, as an outsider, if every place you go is really bad, there's one common denominator. And I think the Cody Rhodes question uh, might might have a little bit to do with it, Rod. I think it does because you have a lot of people there, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, that started the company. Even John Moxley was was in on the ground floor as well. Don't forget that he was huge at the at the at the first pay per view they did, the All In pay per view. And you see this person coming in, and he just kind of takes over, and the culture, which is huge, Rod, huge culture, kind of went down. Oh, I mean, the other thing that I wonder here, Jim, how much am I allowed to say that we have some serious later days of WCW vibes going on here over in AEW right now? Do we not? And another part of me wants to resist crowing because there was a time where all of you AEW people out there and you know who you are were coming at me telling me I better jump on board that this is the rocket ship that's going to dominate professional wrestling and overtake WWE and look at where we are now. So, Jimmy, I'm resisting the urge to crow about that, even though I know it sounds like I just did. Yeah, I'm glad you're not crowing about it because that would be a little premature. So thank you for not crowing about it and saying that you were right and everyone else was wrong. Uh, I I think the major difference between WCW and AEW is uh, the the booking, the management, the everyone in the back was in for themselves, and it was really poorly done all over the place. The booking for AEW, look, the show they had this past Wednesday was one of the better shows they've ever had, and it came after that. John Moxley wasn't supposed to be there. He gave a terrific promo in MJF's hometown. He got booed when he came out, cheered when he left. Amazing for John Moxley there. So I think the creative aspect is is far and away lights out better than WCW was and maybe ever was, honestly. So basically what you're telling me is Tony Khan is not Vince Russo, then basically. Oh, no, 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 right? no, no. Not even close. No, 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 no. Not even close. Tony Khan is a, uh, is a fan who started a wrestling company with different wrestlers and is learning now. But don't we think, exactly, don't that. we think that has some problem here, though, is that maybe he's, he's just, he's finding it hard to wield with the same iron fist that Vince got to in the WWE. I mean, that's what I'm saying here, Jim. I get what you're telling me that there's sure. a much better run stable organization at this moment in AEW than the end days of WCW were. But it seems to me that maybe there's a couple people who are working for themselves and it seems hard for Tony Khan to keep those people in line and that can bring about trouble for a wrestling company. Well, and then that that is the evolution of the company then because then Tony Khan needs to realize, okay, I need some help. I need a number two guy. I need a uh, whoever's in charge of talent relations, a Triple H was, a Jim Ross was back in the day. Um, you need that person to be a head of talent relations so you can think of the big picture of things uh, and also the booking, obviously, aspect of things. So um, it's growing pains. Uh, I think they'll figure it out. I do not. So another little side story here is no matter what happened, CM Punk would not be world champion right now because he got injured and he got injured bad. I think it was a peck. So he's going to be out eight to nine months anyway, uh, even before all this stuff happened. He got injured in the match. That's two injuries that Punk has had in a relatively short amount of time, which to me uh, means trouble anyway for him. I do not see CM Punk being an AEW ever again. 
I really don't. I think it's pretty much they're going to just either buy him out or, or do whatever, but I don't think he'll be in uh, AEW moving forward. Yeah, it certainly seems that that writing is what's on the wall at this moment now. I think there's a very good chance you don't see CM Punk wrestle really ever again because it certainly seems that his relationship with the WWE is rocky enough that he might not show up there. But Hunter learned at the arm of Vince, and Vince was absolutely famous for saying nothing gets in the way of business. So if CM Punk can still mean good business someday, I wouldn't completely write it out. This is the world of professional wrestling here. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks won the trios titles and then had to give them up. So they had to uh, forfeit the trios titles like CM Punk had to uh, forfeit the championship. There's a tournament going on for the championship, which will probably end up with John Moxley winning it, which would be very, very nice, I think. And then also the Death Triangle uh, with Pac and the Lucha Brothers uh, won the uh, the trios titles there. I AEW wouldn't be AEW. It wouldn't exist without the Young Bucks. I mean, it just wouldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, Omega, uh, those were the people that started it. Jericho, it would have still gone without Jericho, but Jericho was huge as well. So we'll have them back eventually, but I think this was a, a, a wake-up call to the organization saying we need to make sure our culture is key and whoever we bring into our culture doesn't dilute it at all. Do you think AEW should stop the post-pay-per-view uh, uh, scrum, media scrums like that, do you think that maybe they're not getting the good effects out of that and there's a reason Vince never had it? You know, I don't I don't think, I don't know if we'll see those again. I really don't. And when the WWE does have those like they did after Clash at the Castle, it's very staged. It's in character. Roman Reigns sits down and says, acknowledge me, and then leaves. Um, that really doesn't do any good either. So I would I would highly suggest that we don't have these anymore. And then I love that we you mentioned that as well, and just that that there's no way that CM Punk would have gotten away with the behavior that he got away with in that press conference. WWE probably would have immediately fired him, injury or not, immediately that next day, and probably not just a suspension. So you never know. Uh, who it depends who you are. People have fought before. People have you know, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Henning fought in an airplane. Kurt Henning got fired. Brock Lesnar didn't. You know, oh no, certainly, yeah, no, no, I, I get all of that, but I just mean the the way that the company and the structure of the company was talked down. WWE is not going to stand for that. I'm not talking about the skirmish backstage. All right, so that is a lot of uh, what we know for AEW. More coming uh, shortly, I'm sure, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, there are two sides to the story. A lot of them match up, but of course, the big the big parts of that story don't. Let's go on to some more storytelling with SmackDown, and then we're looking at the Raw uh, preview as well. But Rod, first of all, let's uh, let's hit on your um, your big three here. Who are you watching right now? Still after this week? Well, I mean, Riddle is still basically on watch. I'm still looking over the horizon to see if one uh, Matt Riddle rolls up on his scooter or not. I think that it's high time that we try to tone down Riddle's goofiness a little bit. I think we have a great opportunity to make that happen after his feud here with Seth Rollins, and we'll probably see a continuation of that feud, to be honest with you, the boiling pressure that it was still at. So, Riddle, you are on watch. It's time to lose the scooter. And speaking of your bad takes, who was on notice, Rod? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, honestly, my your guy Johnny Gargano is on notice, and he certainly was not getting off the on notice list when he did an interview with. And forgive me, I don't remember who it was backstage, but he was basically just as tall as the person that he was doing the interview with backstage, if not shorter. And I was like, oh my goodness, Gargano, you're on notice for me, bud. And that's not fair to him because I've not seen him wrestle, but he looks so small that I can't even put him on watch because he can't do anything about being that short. Riddle can get rid of the scooter, Gargano. Or just has to officially go to on notice. 
Well, you're going to get a chance to see him this Monday, uh, later today, when when people hear this, because he is wrestling. He has a, I believe, his in ring return. I think I don't think it's an open challenge. He's just going to in ring return. We'll see. We'll see some action there, and we'll see what you have to say. He'll next face. Week. Uh, he'll face Drew Gulak. Apparently, that's what we do when you come back. Drew Gulak you got is your to. first opponent. And the pop list has not changed because we haven't. Oh shit! Did that just go off? You there? Yeah. No, I hear you. Oh, our uh, our little behind the scenes at the Jamriska household. The uh, Power just went on and out, but I think we're okay, actually. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I didn't lose you, man. We're 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 here. All right. Well, we'll we'll figure this out. If uh, no one hears this, then no one will hear it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the pop list, uh, Rick uh, Rick Flair. Rick Flair would be a huge pop in WWE it would be. right now. Uh, but Charlotte actually is is the one on on the pop list. Charlotte Biggie and Randy Orton. I'm not really sure who's going to be closer. Uh, although Bianca is issuing an open challenge on Raw Rod. Ooh, I was going to say, I mean, because Charlotte's not hurt, right? Like, there's not some Charlotte injury that we don't know about that's going on, right? She just is still just time away. That's why she's got to be number one on the pop list. We got to see her sooner or later. She's not going to another company. She's not quitting. Who knows? No, she's not going anywhere. So that is your on notice. I'm watching and your pop list for this week. Braun Strowman is creating his own narrative by coming back to the WWE and destroying tag teams. Rod, you love Braun Strowman, don't you? Listen, I'm a big fan of big men, right? I mean, yep. it's just, I'm a big fan of big men. I'm sorry, but again, I emphasis on the entertainment part for me. So you give me a guy chiseled out of stone the way Braun Strowman is, six foot eight the way Braun Strowman is, I'm in, man. And the guy can move, you know, people, he's got a name. And so he got that pop. I mean, what's wrong with it? It's entertaining, but it's not a great look for anybody who's in the ring when Braun Strowman comes. I don't like the 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 tag team him destroying everybody. Alpha Academy, you can kind of see why he did that because um, they kind of messed up his his ring debut there. But Ron Strowman's back. He is the best moving big man they have. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of the other big man since he he's returned. So I I see him uh, continuing to dominate there on both Raw and SmackDown until he gets into a program with uh, somebody a little bit bigger. The uh, Nigerian Nightmare, perhaps, or the Nigerian Giant. See, I don't think they want him together. I don't think they want them together. I yeah, think. I just, Omos would come off looking pretty bad Omos in a lot. Well, no, Omos is that much bigger than Strowman. Yeah, but Omos That's can't really thing. move, and Braun can. That's true. That's true. But if you want a giant, you don't want somebody bigger than your giant because he's not the giant anymore. He's not the monster amongst men. If he's, I gotcha. Exactly. So we had uh, Drew Mac- McIntyre and, and uh, Solo Sokoa uh, main eventing uh, SmackDown, but the story is after the match. Or I well at the end of the match should I say Karrion Cross came back and you like Karrion's new look right now don't you? I mean you take off the Backstreet Boys inspired collared shirt and vest combo that he was going with and you slick that hair back a little bit more Pat Riley Gordon Gecko and not so much kind of like bristly boy band gel Justin Timberlake era new early in sync check those pictures out on Google for you and non in sync fans out there but you know you guys are out there they're closet in sync fans everywhere they were fabulous. But yeah, he does that, and I'm all for it. And the black and white works well for him. Scarlet absolutely works well for him. I remember you always made that argument. Yep, yep. Where Karrion Cross looked like a Roman dominatrix person when he was <sighs> when he was with the WWE before. He always said that Scarlet would help him out, and I was like, why does it matter? She definitely matters. But here's my thing, Jimmy. Let's see it in the ring because yeah. the two matches that we've seen him have, they yep. just it, it all with somehow it goes away when he starts wrestling. Why do you think that is, Jimmy? He's just a little slow in the ring, I think. And again, I've never wrestled in the ring before. I don't know. But he 
he, it just seems a little off. Like he's a step slow in all of his moves. And like we saw the, like you said, great, great uh, idea there, Rod, where he hasn't really done it yet. McIntyre's an amazing individual in the ring. Karrion Cross should beat McIntyre. If you really want to get Karrion up yep. a couple levels, he should beat him, but they need to have a good match for that to happen. And, you know, you got kind of downtrodden Drew right now. No, you can keep playing up the angle that, you know, he's still a little bit beat down from the absolute war he had with the tribal chief. So, yeah, I mean, there could be a there could be a loss for him right now. But I would imagine we're seeing that extreme rules, don't you think? Because Roman's probably sitting extreme rules out, don't you? I think so. I think so. I think the women's championships will take center stage uh, in one of these. I don't think this is your main event by any stretch of the imagination, but Rousey and Liv Morgan uh, is going to be your main event. And I know you had a lot of thoughts about that oh. fatal five way that they had uh, there. That was a shocker that Rousey won that, huh? Oh, my goodness. Listen, let me start here on the positive, Jim, which which recently I've, I've carved this new niche out for myself where I just break bad on everything, and that's fine. Sure. Seth Rollins is my favorite guy. Why not play heel a little bit every once in a while? But let me start here on the positive. I like Sonya Deville. I like Sonya Deville's look. Yeah. I like her wrestling skills. I think she yeah. has charisma. But what she does not have right now, Jimmy, is a story. And so it's awfully hard for me to believe her in the ring versus anybody because I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're trying to establish. So that match was a complete joke under no circumstances that I think Lacey uh, Evans, who we haven't seen for weeks, was all of a sudden just going to win that match and get a shot at Extreme Rules. Zia Lee was certainly not going to win that match. Mm-hmm. Then Sony Deville with no storyline. And then Natalia, we've already seen her fight live. So, I mean, what are we doing? Well, I think you're you're seeing the the kind of enhancement mid-card talent that uh, people are going to have to go through to work their way up SmackDown. So we have that. Uh, I think Sonya Deville, I agree with you. I like Sonya Deville's look. I kind of like everything about her. She does a pretty good job there. Uh, but everyone else, yeah. Zia Lee would be fantastic if they did anything with her. Uh, well, they're clearly they're not. not going to. That's why yeah. Charlotte needs to come back, Jim. That's what I wonder, right? If it's so clear to us that seeing that match on SmackDown, those are the best people you can put in the ring against Ronda Rousey other than Liv, who has the belt, who's already kind of a, a lower-rung belt holder at the sure. moment. Sure. Where in the world is Charlotte Flair at, Jimmy? Maybe we'll see her on Monday, but that doesn't help SmackDown. Uh, and then I would be remiss uh, without mentioning Imperium versus the Brawling Brutes, and that was a matchup. To, what a way that to was. start. Holy cow, that was amazing. Uh, loved everything about that. Uh, I know uh, you are such a huge Pete Dunn fan. It's not funny, so thank you, Rod, for that. And I just I thought it was a great match all around. The one thing I will say for my guy Butch is that uh, Gino uh, Giannetti Vinci or Giovanni Vinci, that guy's not yeah. much bigger than him. So I mean, it doesn't you know I mean it doesn't make Butch uh, it doesn't make Butch let, look bad at all. You know, going up against uh, going up against that guy in Ludwig. You know what I mean? So you got three dudes all in the ring where you're like, okay, if all three of these dudes are around the same size, then that's fine. But I guess what I would say is that still limits where they can go. And that's the main reason that your guy Johnny G is on notice. But I know that that hurt you deep into your soul. So I don't know that I'll ever be able to move your guy Pete Dunn, a.k.a. Butch, on any of my list, Jimmy, because I know how much you love him. You uh, you just need to see. He and he and Vol- or, uh, uh, Gunther, if they ever get the chance, just be ready. Just be ready. Uh, on Raw coming up later tonight. Be ready to see Gunther's fingers bent back by Butch. That's what I should be ready for. Do that to yourself. It hurts. Anyway, uh, Raquel and Aaliyah will uh, go against Kai and Sky for the tag team titles. Uh, real quick, last week's Raw, I kind of felt bad because it really was a this is the storyline show of Raw. So you're going to get a couple good matches, but a lot of talking segments. But unlike in the past few years, you know that these talking segments are actually leading to something that will happen where we have the tag team titles uh, uh, on the line. Raquel and Aaliyah versus Kai and Sky. 
I I think Raquel and Ali are going to win again, don't you? It certainly seems that way. It really certainly seems that way. We the we're trying to, you know, we're playing up the big smile on Raquel's face all the time. You just said it yourself that we're trying to rise up some mid carders. So why not get Raquel Rodriguez some shine with having a belt around her waist? That's uh, that's some tag team gold. And then Aaliyah, she's been around for a long time. She certainly is easy on the eyes and real spunky. So why not keep her involved a little bit too? So I'm with you. I think that they're gonna have damage control or. Party Crashers, party whatever you'd like to call them. Party Crashers is much better, but I think they're going to lose this match. I don't think they want the belts changing hands on Raw because they've done such a good job of elevating all their championships that do sure. get fought for these days other than the than Roman Reigns that I just don't think they're going <laughs> to have the belts change hands on Raw. One thing I could see is they could tie this into Bianca's open challenge where if Kyan Sky does win, Raquel uh, Rodriguez or Raquel Gonzalez could answer the challenge uh for bianca but you know that's two faces so i i don't know we'll see what happens it does uh, it does beg the question though i mean we're getting the bailey bianca but yeah. what what other people are going to get churned up in that feud that's a very good thought yeah uh edge and dominic mysterio who is a man now rod he's a man is he a man uh, or is he just being dominated what, by rhea ripley to I me it seemed kind of like rhea ripley's the 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 dominant and dom's the sub uh i it kind of seems that way to me too, but we're just going to go with he's the man. Uh, I I don't see Edge getting a clean win here. Mysterio's going to do something where he's going to try to stop Edge from hurting his son, and then it backfires, oh, yeah. and then Dominic gets the win. So I think it'll be an interesting storyline. I Let me rephrase that. I think the way they're writing it is fine, but I honestly really don't care about Dominic. I, I don't care. I love edge. Ray's great. I love Finn Balor. Rhea Ripley's awesome. Uh, Damien priest is great too. I just, I don't care about Dominic. I'm sorry, Rod. All right. Well then you don't have to apologize to me. Cause I don't, I'm certainly not going to be Dominic's defender here, but I'm going to ask a couple of questions right quick. Why is Rhea Ripley not wrestling? Honestly, why is Rhea Ripley not wrestling? We were just talking about so much of the trouble in the women's division and it happens every once in a while. Why is Rhea Ripley not wrestling? So I would say it's still concussion related, but she did take the hit at the at Clash at the Castle. So that can't be it. So she is a little physical here and there. It, it still might be that, though. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're just taking it slow because she was injured and she has not done anything since then. So that could be it. And I completely agree with you that we're going to see a storyline where Ray is basically trying to do things to shield his son from being hurt, even though his son is going to continue doing terrible things to him. We're definitely going to get that for a couple weeks. My question to you is, I will preface it for you this time so you don't have to do it. Clearly, we don't know. You've never met Triple H before. But do you think <laughs> Hunter likes these kind of storylines or you think he would prefer telling more of the wrestling related storylines that we've seen from him? Whereas here's a number one contenders match. Here's a You know what I mean? Do you think he likes these kinds of storylines? Hunter likes building up storylines to culminate at a pay-per-view. This is what happened in NXT. There were a lot of NXT shows that were, okay, we're just kind of moving the story along. And then you got those awesome um, takeover shows that just blew everything away and was the greatest wrestling ever because of that storyline. So I think to answer your question is he likes long-term storytelling, which is completely different than what we've had the past couple of years. So he, he does like this as long as he knows where it's going. And you would think with the, the Mexican heritage and everything like that, this would be a hair versus mask match coming down at some point. Now, the Royal Rumble rod is in San Antonio, Texas. Is it? Okay. So, I like where your head's at there. I think 
And it's still far because it's only September. So we got October, November, December. We got three, three and a half months. Actually, almost four months because January, it's the end of January. We got a long time till that happens. They could do it, though. They could do mask versus hair. I was going to say, we'll certainly have to have something vis-a-vis extreme rules in December, right? I guess last year they had the, the, the day one where they actually had it on New Year's Day. That one was essentially their December pay-per-view. But yeah. So we'll have a few things to build to. But yeah, you would, you're definitely going to want to see something at Royal Rumble that's, you know, a couple other big payoffs, right? To try to hype Rumble and then start leading us towards WrestleMania. So you could be onto something there, Jimmy. We'll see. Or they could just never do it. Um, so that's going to yeah, be Yeah, but wait raw. a minute now. Wait yeah, a minute. You, yep. don't, you don't say that about the new regime, right? You literally just said that they're better at telling long-term story. What you just said right there sounded like the way you used to just uh, slough off all the uh, possibilities under the McMahon region, Jimmy. We're in a different era now. I need to remember that. <laughs> Old habits die hard, Rod. That's true. Uh, speaking of which, Rod, we've we've been doing this for a couple episodes, haven't we? This is episode 100, part one. How you feeling? I think it's incredible. I Like I mentioned at the top, I am so thankful to you for helping me along in my early days of uh, coming back to uh, wrestling and answering some questions for me. But now, like I said, I look forward to this every week. <clears throat> I'm getting choked up about it, Jim. I look forward to it every week. <laughs> Sitting here you know. talking wrestling. Like I, I don't watch college sports as much as I used to. This was another thought I was having the other day. I don't watch college sports as much as I used to. I do not watch any baseball anymore. Mm-hmm. Wrestling has just moved into a... A, a void that I let other sports go and wrestling is filled in and I just have so much fun following along every week. The amount of new content that wrestling churns out is amazing to me and I found that I absolutely love that. I just need the, the continuing and just knowing that I can always count on them to have a show for me and then there's going to be a, a big show at least once a month as well. It's just it's absolutely fabulous. You can count on professional wrestling. Probably because they could, they're writing it and they're making it come out that way. <laughs> but I can count on professional wrestling and then as much as I love the NBA, there's still things that happen in the NBA that just drive me up the wall and I have so much trouble with college sports these days and some professional athletes, the way they comport themselves are just deplorable at times, but wrestling comes through for me. Certainly wrestlers comport themselves deplorably <laughs> at times as well, but wrestling on TV still always comes through. Oh, uh, you got to love wrestling on TV. So we are going to have a part two, uh, the 100th episode part two coming up in about a week or two, kind of depending on some scheduling, because we do have uh, a lot of faces coming on, uh, some heels too, I guess, uh, coming on the podcast. We are going to do what the Morgan You Know does best, and we are going to do a draft. And we're going to do a stable draft, Rod. Uh, remember the Heenan family, the Hart, uh, the Hart Foundation, you know, Jimmy Hart's um, uh, managing the Doctor of Style Slick. He had some a lot of different uh, people in his stable. So the NWO, I mean, we're certainly not going to have 20 people like the NWO no. did, but I mean, that was definitely a stable. No, we are going to have seven, actually, in, in our stable. So the draft will be as follows. In Morganino Universe, at yeah, we know pod, yeah, we know pod at gmail.com. Send us your stables. In a perfect yes. world, you're not drafting with anybody. So if you could have the following people in your stable, let us know. We'll read it on the podcast. We'll go over it. We'll, we'll critique it. Um, but this is what we're going to do. These are the these are the positions we've got. Uh, every one of the draftees, which numbers to be determined still, needs to have a manager of some sort. They could be a manager. And, Rod, we yes. decided this is going to be basically – the Hulk Hogan era winning the championship from the Sheik to present day, correct? Yes, we uh, we we have much love for Bruno San Martino and some of the other legendary greats from the early days, but we're going to go kind of from Hogan on, absolutely. So manager is going to be one position. 
mic man. Every every company needs to have that person that's going to get on the microphone, give a nice little, you know, five to seven, or in case WWE, twenty-five to twenty-seven minute promo, <laughs> uh, and really get the audience ready for the matchups. You know, your Chris Jericho's, your your um, your rocks. You know, people like that who are just Shawn going Michaels, to, Shawn Michaels, anybody like that that can come in and really just hold people in the palm of their hand. So we've got the mic man coming up. I know that's one you're looking forward to, Rod. Oh, absolutely. As a man who uh, has a part-time rock and roll DJ gig on the weekends and a couple of different podcasts he appears on, I appreciate anyone who can string words together well when behind a microphone. And we wouldn't be uh, children of the 80s and early 90s if we didn't have a tag team. We need a tag team in our stable to make sure that they take care of those tag team titles for us, right? If anybody drafts the Rockers, I'm going to be extremely angry. There are so many good tag teams. Uh, there were so many good tag teams. and There are still now a little bit, but I just love that we're going to probably get a little bit more tag team action coming up. Uh, then you need your mid-carder. You need your like intercontinental champion, your U.S. champion type wrestler who's not quite your main eventer yet, but needs to be uh, you know, your workhorse, your work rate wrestler. Right, Rod? I have some exciting names that I have on my potential draft board right now to fill that category. And I believe, Jimmy, this is the type of position that will swing it one way or another for the stable. How important your mid-card guy here is makes or breaks your team. I agree. I agree. Uh, also, we met, mentioned it already. You need your main eventer. You need the person who's going to put butts in the seats, get people into the ring. We're talking your Hulk Hogan's. You're talking your Rocks. You're talking your Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair's, whomever you want to bring in. Stone John Cold. Cena, Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. We have a ton of main eventers there uh, to bring in. And, you know, some of these people fit into multiple categories, too. So you got to be really careful on how you draft this because you pick Rock as your mic man. You might have... Diesel is your main eventer. You never know, right? Yeah, that would be that'd be a little troubling, right? You'd much rather have Rock as your main eventer than uh than him as your <laughs> mic man. But he definitely is one of the better mic men. And so it's strategy comes in. That's yep. the reason we do these drafts. Strategy comes in, a little bit of competition is lost. And Jimmy, I have one more surprise for the draft. Okay. I'm not gonna jinx it too much, but I am gonna say it certainly seems all signs at this point, if we're shaking the magic eight ball, point toward an old friend joining us for the draft. Wonderful. I can't wait for that. We've got two more spots to hit. We need a female in our stable. And you and I talked about about this back and forth. Like, do we actually need a female category? Because they could be in so many of the other categories as well. But we want to make sure Correct. that we get a female in here. Because female wrestling over the past five, six years uh, has just gone to the next level. And there is no way that you, you know, you want to have a Charlotte Flair. You want to have a Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, in your stable and you don't have to, you don't want to see, well, should I do Charlotte or should I do the rock as my main eventer? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's very, you wouldn't want to make that comparison because people would be surprised to hear me take Charlotte flair over the rock and then they would be disgusted, but I would be correct because Charlotte is amazing. And as always, uh, you can have more than one female on your roster, but we do need to have at least one. And then finally, Every draft we have, we do the same thing. It's a wild card. You can have anybody you want. You can have the genius if you want to have the genius. You can have the honky-tonk man, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. You can get Eugene. Uh, there's so many different wrestlers throughout the entire uh, gamut of WWE, WCW, ECW. You want the Sandman? Bring the Sandman in. Why not? The Sandman. <laughs> it'll, be, uh, it'll be fun for your Have plenty of cigarettes card. and six-packs around if you're bringing the Sandman in your stable. I actually might have him be my wild card now that I said that. <laughs> if you have, if you have 
have Sandman and Stone Cold Steve Austin on the same team, look out. Your beer is going to is gonna run dry right quick with both of those guys in the same but stable. You need the rights to enter Sandman, though, or that does not work at that all. That costs a lot of money. So there you are. Already, you've got a lot of money out for your song, and you got a lot of money out for beer. Maybe you need to think about this, Jimmy. At the Morgan, or at, <laughs> at Yeah We Know Pod, Yeah We Know Pod at gmail.com. Send us your ideal stable. You need a manager, a mic man, a tag team, the mid card performer, your main eventer, a female, and a wild card on your stable. We're going to do that on the 100th episode, part two, coming up in a couple weeks. Rod, take us home. Well, listen, please send in your stables because Jimmy's going to need to have a few other things to be able to talk about because once I make all of my draft picks, it's going to be so clear that my stable will reign supreme and dominate all other stables that Jimmy's heart will literally be hurting and all of your emails pouring in to show how much you appreciate what Jimmy and I throw down for you all for free. All of these episodes will warm his heart, even though he will no doubt be defeated in this draft.